Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Are you ready? What's going on here? Earth's resistance is futile. This, indeed you are, Paul, is... in my hand, Fan Effect. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters, the best place to see a movie in Utah by far. And today is a great day. I think uh, you'll agree with me. Yes. The amazing tones of John Williams can only mean one thing. It is Star Wars Day, May the 4th, and may the 4th be with all of you. And may the 4th be with you, Dan Spindle from KSL Television, who's back, as always, when we talk Star Wars. We don't talk to anybody else but Dan Spindle. Dan, welcome back to the show. Rightly so. Hey, may the 4th be with you as well. Thank you. The 4th has not been with me as I've tried to get everything ready for this episode of the podcast. It's almost as if the dark side is collaborating to try and keep us from doing what we and what the galaxy needs. Well, there are different spots in the galaxy that kind of invite more dark side energy, and and this audio booth might have been one of them, but um, you overcame it. You overcame the temptations. My training was complete. (laughs) Yes. And I stepped into a larger world, if you will. Excellent. Yes. The light is now illuminating your mind and and your movements, and and we're good. And I'm glad to hear that. Well, Dan, May the 4th, we're just a few weeks away from the big Star Wars, the biggest Star Wars news we've had. Well, I guess since the Mandalorian, or since uh, the Book of Boba Fett wrapped up yes. in early January, and that is the new series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and as a Star Wars Day treat for all of us, Lucasfilm and Disney decided to give us another short teaser oh, yeah. ahead of next week's. So let's listen to a little bit of it and get the goosebumps all over again. I mean, how great is it opening with that little bit? Look, I'll just say the visual effects right off the bat look up to par with any Star Wars movie. I mean, man, they look good. Yeah, it's... And what the fun part to me is, as we're watching the clip, obviously, you know, you should be watching this video on your own. This is much more well done visually than it is audio like we're doing right now. But... It really does. It's it's cool to see some of the uh, the characters come to life that you've seen only digitally or you've seen only sure. in that you know that that animation style where they're like extremely yes. skinny yeah. with big heads and big hands and stuff like that. So it, it does look a little weird, kind of like the problem we had uh, towards the end of uh, uh, the end of Book of Boba Fett when um, bounty hunter guy. Uh, Cat Bane. Cat Bane yeah. shows up, and he just didn't look quite right. That's, and there's been some complaining about the Inquisitors, especially the Grand Inquisitor. The face is too fat uh, it because is. it's not exaggeratedly thin. Right, and I think they'll get over it soon. I mean, the lightsabers in Star Wars Rebels look thin and sharp, right? Everything yeah. looks thin and sharp in Rebels, and so it's very stylized. This, oh man, look, they're, they're assembling Darth Vader here. I mean, this is, uh, boy, this is something. And then Obi-Wan opens there it is. his eyes. I mean, oh, that's really boy. what it was all building up to. Not a lot of what we saw in the trailer other than that had we hadn't really seen. The, the talk between uh, Uncle Owen hey, and... that that kind of reveals a lot. It um, does. We wondered, how how is uh, Ben, old Ben Kenobi on Tatooine, interacting with the Lars family? And you see, uh, you know, Owen there say, hey, back off. And Obi-Wan, a.k.a. Ben, kind of says, well, well, obviously he's got to be trained. I mean, like you trained his father, huh? Ouch. 
Uh, that one still hurts. Right. And, you know, that actually seems to, uh, George Lucas liked to say that they rhyme. Like a For stanza sure. yes. that rhymes with what we saw right? in yeah. episode four. The wizard's just a crazy old man. Well, I kind of love the fact He's that this too has... too much of his father in him. That's what I'm afraid of. Oh, yeah. This has George Lucas's fingerprints all over it, the, the, what we've seen so far of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, in that Star Wars Rebels was during, uh, well, that was during the Disney era, but it took the Ralph McQuarrie drawings, and yes. it took a lot of the early concepts, and it tried to pay homage, I think, a lot to... George Lucas's concepts, and so I, I, I love it, and, and a lot of prequel era callbacks, and that's all George Lucas. That well. kind of looked like some early drawings of uh, right, of it's Chewbacca, Chewbacca, sure, and and Chopper was what uh, what R two D two was supposed to be with the arm kind of coming out in that first picture of C three P O and R two D two. So I will say this: C H ten P. That's stretching it a little bit. What to is C H ten P? That's how he's oh, called that Chopper. That he's Chopper. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't even know that. Ah, that's, that's like come on, that's Chopper. A, yeah, that's a little bit of a stretch. Bom, 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 bom. We got to make chopper. this work. He looks like Chopper, so how can chopper. we designate wah, wah, him so wah, that it works? Wah, wah, wah. I think that was Dave Filoni's voice actually doing uh, doing Chopper. But um, I like Chop better in some ways than R two. Oh, he's, he's a lot he's more fantastic. Of a punk. I just when, like when how I much saw of a punk the he quick, is. quick cameo of Chopper in Rogue One, I would love live action Chopper. I mean, I, I love Rebels, but I would love live action Chopper. We yeah. need Chopper and K two S O to have their adventures For sure. together. Oh man, and a whole new droids. Right, a whole new droid oh, series. We can finally get redemption for oh, that horrible gosh. 80s cartoon. Uh, let me throw something out to you that you said, Andy. You said the biggest news since Boba Fett. I'm going to say this is the biggest news in the uh, Disney streaming era and probably the biggest Star Wars news, obviously, since the, the, the sequel trilogy. But Well, but th- this is the first... I feel like this is the first thing that people are universally excited oh, oh, about. Oh, for sure. Mandalorian, they weren't excited about until they started watching it, and then they got right. excited. Well, you didn't know what it was. What is this new thing in The Mandalorian? Is It's a masterpiece of Star Wars adventure, but this is Ewan McGregor returning. This is kind of a full circle for Disney to embrace the prequels in that when they bought it from George Lucas, the whole shebang, um, they canceled the Clone Wars, they, they moved on to the sequels, and the prequels were kind of relegated to that that cabinet. You know, that's George's stuff. And uh, they tried to move on and, and really highlight the fact, rightly so, highlight the fact that sets were back and all, you know, the green screens were done away with and you were trying to really put the actors in this in this space. But I would say now Star Wars fandom, I think, is in a really good spot right now where prequels, original trilogy, sequels, Animation, it's all kind of coming together in the streaming world, and, and I love it. My, my kids and I, we could not be more excited for this thing. Question. Yes. Let's say this it's a six-episode series. Right. Let's say they do half-hour episodes, although we're hoping, I, I'm hoping Hope it's for an 45 hour each, minutes yeah. each. Right. But let's say they're half-hour episodes each. Six hours, or uh, six episodes equals three hours. Right. Would you prefer an Obi-Wan movie, or do you like this as a six-part series better? Weekly. Well, that's a good question because The Mandalorian really was evidence that you can have this serialized week after week story, even though some of the stories, and I hate that people said this, but some of the stories in The Mandalorian in the middle of each season, they say, ah, this is filler, this is filler, and I'm going... 
Man, you just... It's only filler if you don't want to see it. throw me into that world. I don't care what he's doing. But it was the same story of the Western of coming into town and helping the people with their problem and resolving the problem and then moving on. Whatever, fine. Um, A movie is very uh, different. And I I kind of hope in a way they have a Mandalorian film at some point. I think that on the big screen with full-blown action, special effects, and money might be interesting. Um, And... I I think I'll have to reserve my full judgment until after I see it. I probably prefer the series, though. I mean, I I would love I wish they would just run the series on the big screen and have an option maybe to go catch it at the theater, right? And maybe afterward, maybe because they're trying to push the streaming series. So watch it on Disney Plus, but then maybe have a special event or a special premiere, something like that. Because I do miss sitting in a theater with 100 people and, and experiencing the gasps and the sighs and the crying. And like, that's what the sequel trilogy gave us. Even if you had a lot of, I had a lot of critiques afterward of different parts of the sequel trilogy. Watching The Force Awakens with my kids and, and everyone else and, and experiencing it together, this collective experience, it, it, it blows you away. And you want Star Wars to just blow you away. That first, of course, that neither of us saw because we were, were, were so young. Um, that first shot of, uh, you know, the Tantive Four being chased over Tatooine by that Star Destroyer. It's one of the most iconic scenes in all of movie history. And you got to have a gigantic screen and to a surround appreciate the size sound, of the Star Destroyer. Uh, just, to, just to give you an idea of what they're going for. So I don't know if that was much of an answer. Yes is the answer, both. <laughs> but, but the series gives us so much more well, content Tell me than this we thing, because you've come up with a great idea. Now, okay. business-wise, yes. Disney Plus costs anywhere from one cent a month, which is what I pay, to $8. Because <laughs> right. I have the bundle, sure, so yeah, I get charged right. one cent for the Disney Plus portion. And you get it sometimes with your phone plan or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. People are going to want to see this Yeah, as soon as they can. But if you had the option to go to the theater and watch it on the big screen, five bucks a person Yeah, each week, would you do it? Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, and I think I a lot, a lot of people would. Even and then they, they would did... go home and rewatch it 14 more times right. at home, well, but they would want to have the one time of seeing it in the full giant screen, the thing that you can't, that people claim you can, but you really can't duplicate. Right. Is the big screen experience. And let's say they do it for a premiere because they moved it from May 25th to May 27th on a Friday. And they said, hey, we're combining two episodes, which you assume will be anywhere from an hour 15 to an hour and a half, maybe. That's a full-blown movie experience. I, I just wish, yes. Not a Star Wars movie. Well, true, yes. <laughs> still got well, another hour Back to in go. the day, uh, <laughs> they did, um, uh, you know, like Clone Wars did have a movie in the theater. Yes. It wasn't the best example of the Clone Wars, but. Did you see it? Uh, I, I've, I've. No, no. Well, they actually did the I Clone Wars the theater, series. No. They screened it on a special right. Saturday screening. Not well, the Clone Wars movie because they did do that, and I took right. my son to that. But they did one where it was the first two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Uh, and then we watched it at the Megaplex, actually, on the big well, giant screen. and there are some that just beg to be on the big screen. That whole Ahsoka arc, when they finished the Clone Wars, what was it, a year or two ago? Oh, like, I, yeah. I mean, those Ahsoka episodes where she confronts Maul and, it's, and they're on Mandalore – that was cinematic. They even took out the wonderful Tim Kane and this week on the Clone War, you know, that that great kind of serial thing that they had done the whole length of the Clone Wars. They took it out. They put up Lucasfilm Limited. They, they, they led you in just like they would a movie. And it was, man, we have a projector at home in the basement, so we have kind of a theater experience with the, with the sound system. 
And I, I just afterwards, I said, I'm so glad we saw it this way. I wish we could see it at the theater. That would have been. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, I go back. I watched Attack of the Clones. So we're going to watch that, I think, today and Sith in the next week, because we got to watch those building up for, for Obi-Wan Kenobi. For sense. sure. That makes sense. I, I We talked, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago about there was a AD edits on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Does those yes, amazing right. modern trailers, yes. just amazing modern trailers. He I'm assuming it's a he, but I guess I, I could be whoever AD edits is. Right. They understand and they craft the trailer and and I understand why the original trailers were the way they were. You can watch them on some of the DVDs. I don't know if they're on the Blu-rays. It's like a time the capsule. Old, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's how trailers were at the time. Empire Strikes Back was a bunch of paintings that were like fluttering yeah. in pieces and stuff like that. And that's because they hadn't shot a lot of it yet. Sure. Yeah. And so this was concept art that they were showing you. But even when they did, I, I'm guessing they hadn't quite finished a lot of plot threads. So now having... You know, forty plus years of Empire Strikes Back to to look through and then craft a trailer, knowing the, the whole thing. You know what all the finished shots look like. You can mix in an actual trailer that, if somebody hasn't seen Star Wars, hasn't seen Empire Strikes Back, but has seen Star Wars, you can create a thing that gets you super excited. Heck, right. it gets me super excited, and I know every detail right. of that story. Oh yeah, yeah. But I want to imagine what if I didn't know what would this trailer do for me, and and right. so then being able to compare like. You know, I thought that the greatest thing he did was he didn't show the Vader-Luke duel on Bespin at all. Not even Darth Vader lighting up right, the lightsaber. Yeah. It shows the fight on Dagobah. Yeah. Or just the beginning of it. Right. And that, to me, is brilliant because when you see that in the movie, you would think that maybe this is the big climactic final. You don't realize there's a one coming right. later on. And so it's even more shocking that how did Darth Vader get to Dagobah? But if you see... Um, if if you know that that they're gonna battle somewhere, like anyway, he just did a great job of picking out what, where. Um, I think he he'll occasionally mix in a a, a deleted scene. Yes, which yes. I think is cool because then it's Luke like the then it's like modern trailers together, where yeah. you get a piece that doesn't end up making right, it into yeah. the movie. Lines that weren't st- spoken, but they're, they're in the deleted scenes. Yeah, and he mixed in the Darth Maul stuff in his teaser for. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, I yeah. believe. He mixed in some of the Clone Wars it's audio. It's great. Oh, it's great stuff. Every choice you've made yes. has led to this Oh, moment. it's great stuff. Well, because it's all one saga, right? It's all part of it the is. same story. Um, let me ask you something interesting, Andy. We're going to get deep into some Star Wars here, okay? You ready okay. for this? Let's do it. I kind of want to set this. St- it's fun to talk about this, even though rankings, it's all subjective, and, and what you feel about a movie is subjective. So you could have two answers for each of these questions. I want to go first... Uh, trilogy by trilogy, because that's kind of the foundation and the basis for Star Wars fandom. Okay. Original trilogy, let's start there. What is the best movie in the original trilogy, and what is your favorite movie in the original trilogy? Because that's the answer. For me, I, I have trouble. It's like a dartboard where I'm I'm going blindfolded and I spun around, and then I just chuck the dart, because I can't really land on one, and I have all these reasons around in my head. But I want to try and pin one down. So best movie, in your opinion, of the original original trilogy. Well, the best movie has to be Empire Strikes Back. Does anybody debate that? I don't know that anyone debates that. I don't think you that. can. Only the, the only people movie. that debate it, I think, are ones, and and I have to say, I come at this from a disadvantage to somebody like Stephen Colbert's age or somebody older sure. who grew up watching sci-fi movies that were not like Star Wars. Right, right. But because it's like kids, it's like our kids today. They have cell phones, and for them, 
it's as it's as natural as breathing because they don't know any other time There's without no a cell phone. There's no concept of anything else. It's exactly. ubiquitous. We know we can right? live without a cell phone yes. because we did. They don't. Right. Like my daughter who's 17, she was born two years before the iPhone came out. So by the time she remembers anything, smartphones were a thing. Right. So for me to say that I would accept someone who argues that A New Hope is the best movie of the trilogy because it was such a trendsetter and it was so groundbreaking and because it was they were so there. different. I will accept somebody who says that. My folks would say that. My, my parents would talk. They, they both remember seeing Star Wars seven times in the theater. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But watching it, knowing the whole story, you know, it, it's funny how poorly received in some ways Empire Strikes Back was. I, that was my, my dad's opinion growing up. He said to me, oh, nobody likes Empire because it was this cliffhanger. Had that yes. ever been done before, this this trilogy? There was no trilogy. There was no leave them completely hanging at the end. Your hero's hand gets chopped off and, you know, that's that. I'm trying to think the only trilogy that I can think of where it was a true trilogy might have been a couple of Clint, at least one of Clint Eastwood's westerns. The uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Quick the, and the, the Dead, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Right? Or no, no, no. A fistful of dollars, a few dollars more. Yeah, it was the same character well, over three have, movies. You have James Bond, but those aren't really right. And when did The Godfather come out? I, I mean, The oh, Godfather, Godfather had, two was nineteen seventy four. So okay, okay, so yes. But it wasn't the trilogy portion didn't come in until nineteen ninety. No, so yeah, that was that was a duopoly. But you had a movies. couple, but it wasn't like a cliffhanger at the end of Godfather. The first you you have an idea of what's happening and Michael's taking over, and you know it's right. it's, it's, it's kind of settled. You're not left wondering, oh gee, I wonder. Except, well, how will this crime empire continue on? Um, and then they go back and kind of do kind of a prequel look in Godfather yes. too. So, yeah, by the I, way, since we're talking Godfather, the offer on Paramount Plus. If you I have are to a watch fan it. of gotta films, you got to watch it. Yeah. It's great. They've got three episodes so it, far, right? and I've really enjoyed it. Um, okay. So, but, the, so the best so movie the best is, Empire. is Empire. I don't think we would argue that. With time, you see everything that was done so well with it, the way it was crafted. Irvin Kershner, what a director. Oh, great direction. I, I just wish we could have got more Star Wars movies from him than oh, just the boy, one. right? You know, I wish we could have got him for one of the sequel or prequel trilogies. Well, and it was, give George Lucas credit because he he helped with everything in it, writing and, and crafting the, the narrative, obviously having a, another talented director there to to kind of, I don't want to say rein him in, but, but to give it focus and direction. Um, but think about how deep Empire Strikes Back goes into the mythology, really. The first one's great. You get the little tease of the force. And then in, like you said, on Dagobah, I mean, you've got this Yoda, this this prophet guru uh, kind of spiritual guide. And then Luke, go, I mean, when he goes into the, to face Vader in this, not a psychedelic thing, but he's not really seeing him, but, but he you is. don't but know he, what's going on. Right, you're just you're like, like, Darth Vader's on Dagobah. This is terrible. Did Yoda just betray him? Right. How does Vader know he's here? And the head explodes and it's him and it's saying you're, you're fighting your own demons of becoming. And you don't know at that point that it's his father. It's just no. the potential within you to do evil things. And can you fight against it to let the light in? It's just this deep, uh, you know, Although Yoda film. does specifically say that to him right before he leaves. And and Obi Wan's trying to say that too, like you know, if you you get if yeah. you do this now, you know you could become this very thing. Right? They're telling him to be patient. Don't be hasty. Right? Yeah. Anyway, I I love the Empire Strikes Back. So many the the final scene in the carbonite freeze chamber is just the fight with Vader is is the most the glorious. Music, oh, the, the action, shot. There's this one to... shot I always pointed out to my kids where Luke had been kind of su- uh, he hasn't been sucked through the thing yet. They go into this you know it's in that hallway. And then all of a sudden, Luke turns, ignites his blade, 
and then there's Vader, and you're kind of with Vader moving toward Luke, and it's just this. Yeah, because first you don't know why he turns it oh, back on. And he, tu- and he lets it go. But then the I music picks up, too. <laughs> and he, it just, the camera and Vader and you, you're, you, it's like you're Darth Vader, and you start moving towards Luke, and I'm nervous for him from that point of view, and then, ah, oh, it's just, it's fantastic. Anyway, you know, we well, all know. The, but the music Empire for back. that particular spot, because at the last fight, there is no music. The last portion of the fight out on yeah. the bridge, there's no music oh. until after Vader turns off his lightsaber and says there's no escape. Oh, it's so great. But this is the last time that they're battling to music, and it's that, the Empire, that the trumpet fanfare, da 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 Yep. As the things oh, yeah. are hitting yeah. Luke, and... It's just like and I'm Darth Vader's so cool, calm, and right collected, now. and you're thinking, "There's no way out of this." Darth Vader's too powerful; he's in complete control of the Force and of himself, and and it's just that there's no way out for Luke. And then obviously, the Darth Vader of the final battle on the bridge, yeah. is the Darth Vader that haunts my nightmares. Oh my gosh! All growing up, that's the Darth Vader. No more talking. Both hands on the lightsaber. Oh, so great. He's hammering at Luke. Luke, and I think, they, realizes at that point he's. He's 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 screwed. Luke's he's not going to win this fight. He's putting the question everything is, will into he survive? it. I love the deflections against the guardrails. Boom! And he gets boom. the hit on the arm, and oh, then that just makes oh, Vader even matter. That's it. Was so great, and and you thought our hero can he? Will he? And then of course no. And then, I mean, that must have shocked everyone when his hand gets cut off, and there off goes his lightsaber, and that, nope. this is it. And oh then J.J. Abrams immediately began formulating where it where was they, going. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I think the expanded universe did that. Okay, so. But, Best movie is but, Empire. Okay. Favorite? Yes. Honestly? Your personal favorite. It depends on what age I am when you ask me. I'm so glad you said that. 1983 to 19, maybe 91, Return yeah. of the Jedi, no question. Right, yeah. No question. Okay, so I, I love the happy ending rolling it up. I, I, I've heard some Star Wars fans say this and, and some great podcasters, Star Wars podcasters who talk about this. And one of them always says his sentimental favorite. So this is such a cop-out answer where the best categorically is Empire. Uh, my favorite... Might be a new hope. My my son Porter and I. He's uh, turning twelve soon. He and I bond over that because he is. He always says categorically his favorite is a new hope, and his his reasoning is great. And it's ironclad. When you see the sand crawler, when you get R two and three P on the great lines between them, and you get Obi Wan Kenobi, Alec Guinness, full blown Alec Guinness, and you meet Luke, and you meet Han Solo at the cantina with Chewie. I mean, it's it's just all the original awesomeness that is so great. A Princess Leia with her snarkiness, I love it. And so I, I, I can't deny that that is probably my favorite, I guess. But then I go to Jedi because I was born in the early 80s. I was born in 80, right? And so I only ever remember, well, some of my first memories are with my Jabba the Hutt uh, palace playset, mm, the Ewoks. That you my, had that one. Well, I my neighbors had that now, one. I asked my dad the other day, where did I get this from? And he said, you got it from Kenner because he worked at Kenner at that time. I'm still jealous and I'm, of this. my mind is blown going, well, I'm sure glad we got rid of it in 1987 or whenever it was that we just must have dumped Star Wars toys. What were we thinking? Uh, my dad also at the time, he was a plush designer, so he worked a lot in soft toys and girls' toys. So you toys. got Ewoks. Well, he was working on, he told me this recently, I, I don't think I ever gave it enough credit. He was working on Ewoks for the, the films, the, the Battle for Endor and Caravan of Courage. So there was a whole <laughs> Which, by the way, wave. was not called Caravan of Courage. What was it was it called? just called the Ewok Adventure. Ewok, Ewok they Adventure. Have since okay. Named it. Okay, because I I only remembered the Battle for Endor name. Yes, Ewok's Battle for Endor. So you know, however panned those were in their time, and I've tried to watch um, them, and they're they're bad. Panned, yes, but oh, did we watch it a thousand times well, because sure. we recorded it off TV? Yes. yes. Do I remember all the commercials? Oh boy, including the McDonald's Christmas commercial. Oh, of course, where Ronald McDonald. I remember all of them because <laughs> you watched, watched the it. whole thing. Well, so my dad told me recently yeah, he was working on those. I don't imagine <laughs> I they ever I sold. Still remember that at all. 
Um, but he was working on Ewoks. So to me, it was just always there. And Return of the Jedi, come on. It was 1985. Jabba the Hutt. Okay. Uh, talking about Jedi, not the Caravan of Courage. <laughs> no, but, but Caravan of Courage 85, was barely yeah. two years after right. Return of the Jedi. It felt like it was way after that. Right. Well, and it feels like it should be way out there in the in the universe somewhere beyond the. Uh, we just are glad to know the spice mines of Ken, exists Kessel. in the Star Wars he universe. Does, yes. <laughs> well, so Jedi. If you think about Jedi, you're thinking about uh, the, the scene over the Sarlacc pit is the most heroic, adventurous, incredible scene you'll ever see. Luke, you talk about I grabbing did a it with paper both hands. on that did in you? college because well, I had to. It was for a, it was for a video class, and I had to analyze the scene, and I had to explain the camera angles, sure. and what was going on to oh, what was the director trying to create, and so like that immediately came to mind, and and it's the scene right before he jumps in where yeah. every time the music is it hits Done. a note, it switches Done. a viewpoint. Done. They and make fun of it in the Family Guy. Again because I love yeah, Family that. Guy. They make fun of that. They keep doing it about seventeen beats. Done. <laughs> That's right. Done. Done. And everybody's nodding. But look, come on. He goes off the edge of a plank and then flies back up after. I, come and he, stays, he flips and grabs the and lightsaber. Then the and, famous. Oh, it's so dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah. come on. You're gonna make me cry here. Um, and then, hey, look. Luke and Leia, brother and sister, whatever. The moments that George Lucas created from the very beginning, one of my favorite moments in the original film, is when they can't go across the bridge. I think I just blasted the controls to the bridge. What do we do? They're coming through. Hey, hold on. It's Errol Flynn. I mean, it's it's Flash Gordon. It's adventure. And she just kisses him on the cheek for luck. Oh, it's so great. Da-da-da-da. And they go across the thing. Same thing in Return of the Jedi. I mean, come on. You got Gary Fisher looking great as Slave Leia. He grabs her. Let's go, Luke, in all black. It's just, it's pure cinematic awesome. So, okay, I, we've decided. It doesn't matter that there's no logical way that no that way. rope swings out. No, of course out. not. Where is the, where, no, where's the fulcrum point? Doesn't yeah, matter. Fine. It doesn't fine. matter. It works. Um, the fulcrum, after all, is Ahsoka, right? Or, or it was, no, it was. Uh, no, was it was Ahsoka. It, it was the, yeah, that's right, Ahsoka. the fulcrum. <laughs> Here we nice. go in animation. Well all right, second question would be, let's move on to the prequels. Well, hang on, I have to say about oh, the original Star Wars. Yes. Uh, so Empire Strikes Back has probably stayed consistently my favorite since early 90s when I when yeah. I fully kind of started to understand how it was the second act of a third act and actually sure. it's to the point where I actually tend to like the second act the most Agreed. as much as a kid as I loved the resolution and the good guys winning there's something about I don't know it's it's almost like a hollow feeling after the end once it's finally you think about the yeah. end of Endgame it was so satisfying but also hollow like oh. that's the end of the adventure like Tony Stark is gone Iron Man sacrificed himself yeah yeah and and there's a there's a, as an older person it's kind of an it leaves a little bit of an empty feeling whereas after the second chapter right. it's I can't wait to see what's sure. next, to see how they fix this. Right. Uh, the best of both worlds, the best episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. The cliffhanger portion is better than the resolution portion. Yeah. Because it was so... Well, what? Christmas no, Eve is how? better than Christmas Day. I mean, the, an- true. the anticipation, the excitement, the buildup. I mean, that's what you get, and, and you so, know what's coming, right? Something great is on the way. And and so that's why I, Empire, to me, is now my favorite, just because of yeah. everything. And... and you know, I it like became it when, your favorite when in the last that, five minutes. When it's, it, became, it was reconfirmed as my favorite. Okay, got it. But the original Star Wars, to me, has moments like Episode One does. First time I saw Episode One, I know you were immediately off put. I by was, it. yes. I was not. I, I have to admit it now, it and now in. I can watch it, and I love it for what it is, yes. I soaked it all in. Sure. But I realized after like the third viewing in the week that I was only really looking forward to the initial Certain fight on the, sure. on the droid ship. The pod race and the 
the final battle. Some might call and not even a new all hope the final battle. Slow, yes. Only the light. Sure. No, no, no. But there's there were That's stretches true. of a new hope. The, the 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 walk through the desert. I just get get me to the people. Sure. Um, yeah. Some of the stuff with Luke at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. But once it gets going, it gets going and sure. it's very enjoyable. And you know the highlights are still highlights. You know, seeing a lightsaber fight for the first time. Incredible. So cool. But the attack on the Death Star has only gotten better. That's right. one of the things that I think George Lucas improved with the special edition sure. was the attack on the Death Star because now you had camera angles that could make this look like it should have. The right. scale finally balanced out, whereas, I mean, they had model kits that they were driving a truck past in the parking right. lot. Oh, and yeah. it did look cool. Inventing techniques. But being able to see the X-Wings compared to the surface of the Death right. Star and moving around in a three-dimensional view – was just so much better and the yeah. music's perfect and the tension leading up to so there are sure. absolute highlights but I do find myself even when I watched all nine in a row uh, right before Rise yes, of Skywalker yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like okay let's get let's to Empire get to it, right? let's get to the Death Star totally attack get it. so we can get to Empire yeah. and and that's what there's a small stretch of Return of the Jedi kind of in the middle between the end of yes. the Tatooine battle and the beginning so just that stretch where the Emperor arrives on the Death Star yep. the ex- explanation on the, on the cruiser to, to Leia. we needed the, de- yeah. the dialogue from right. Luke's visit to Dagobah but it's Sure. It's like between the parts that you really want to see. Whereas Empire, I didn't feel like even in the slow parts, it oh, it's wasn't moving. slow. It's moving, yeah. And so throwing Boba Fett going after him, and yeah, it's great. Yeah, Throw Boba the Fett asteroid. Who did so much in the show. He shot his gun like twice, ah, and he ma- growled the, uh, menacingly. You saw the uh, the slave one, the Boba Fett starship going after him. I just thought that was cool. They're out with the trash, but he's he's not fooled, and you know follows him. Um, okay, bonus question for that original trilogy: favorite line, favorite line oh. from any of the three, and you got to pick just one. I I, I have one that I've told that's you almost before. Impossible. That's like picking between your kids. Um, uh, well, nothing's impossible. I used to bullseye womp rats with my. That's your favorite line. No, no, no. I was just telling oh. you nothing's impossible. Uh, my favorite line, and I've told you before, it's the silliest thing, but it's my favorite line. It's uh, C-3PO when Luke is saying, "Shut down all the garbage masters on the detention level," and he goes, "Oh, shut them all down," and then he goes, "Ah, yay, yay!" And they're they're cheering because they're okay. <laughs> and then C-3PO says to R2, uh, "Listen to them. They're dying. R2, curse my middle body. I wasn't fast enough. I just <laughs> I love." I actually texted that I to somebody this absolutely morning. Absolutely love when he's oh curse. Oh, it's just 3PO. I'm reading Anthony Daniels' book right now. I am C-3PO. So you've got Anthony Daniels' voice he, in your well, head a lot, just, obviously. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love 3PO so much more than I ever did. I, you know, he never made it to the top of my list. He might be the top of my list. One of the funniest lines ever, in addition to uh, on uh, Return of the Jedi, when R2 bumps into him on on the, the, the Jabba sail barge. <laughs> R2, whoop, whoop, and he goes, oh, R2, what are you doing here? And then he goes, well, I know you're serving drinks, but what? I can <laughs> like see you serving R2 playing drinks. coy, chilling, and he's like, I'm not going to tell 3PO. He'll, he'll blab his big mouth about how I'm going to shoot the lightsaber to loot. Anyway, favorite lines. Now, what's your favorite line? I've been trying to think even as you said all that. I'm trying to pick which movie has my favorite line. Honestly, the one that immediately comes to mind and the one that my friend and I used to rewind and laugh at every time is on Endor, quietly, there might be more of them. And Han Solo, hey. It's me. It's me. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and I just laughed every oh, time. And you well, used to be able to rewind it so you'd yes. see it go back so you could get it to hey, like, hey, it's me. It's me. <laughs> well, what about the Han Solo line in the original? Everything's fine here. We're fine. Uh, how are you? Oh, I love that. That whole dialogue <laughs> is... We got a leak. We got a reactor leak. Just give us some time to lock it down. Boring conversation anyway. Like, he's not... Oh, yeah. Luke, we're going to have company. Oh, what a... Ah, so funny. Go back and watch the original 
And everybody just out there listening, give George Lucas some credit. It is funny. I mean, it's honestly funny. It's not prequel but, funny, hey, fart Harrison jokes and that kind Ford of thing. Ad-libbed oh, all that, man. It, fine. Good. Then it's it's a funny movie. Give Marsha Lucas credit for for cutting it appropriately. But it is excellent. Okay. We got to take a break before oh, we, we do that. I'm so sorry. But uh, when we get back, we will do the prequels. And we will talk about what are our favorite. I guess we'll try to maybe we're going to look at lines from the prequels also, or is oh, it just going to be? Oh, I've got some good ones. Oh, all right. Prequels and then sequels. We'll do that as we get back on Star Wars Day. May the Fourth be with all of you. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. May the 4th be with all of you. Happy Star Wars Day here on Fan Effect, where Star Wars is probably our favorite thing. And I can say that because you and I here are here, Dan. And That's right. Kellyanne can't argue with me about DC or Disney or anything <laughs> like that. That's right. But we're talking our favorite moments on this Star Wars Day as we reminisce, as we get ready for a trip back to the prequel era, or at least between the prequel and original the trilogy era. The dark times. Before the Empire. That's right. So... We've talked about our favorite movie and the best movie of the uh, original trilogy. We are now going to talk about the prequel. So, yeah, I'll go first. Sure. Let's hear it. Favorite movie from the prequel. I know I'm going to get grief for this, but I cannot overstate how much I loved Attack of the Clones when I saw it in theaters. I've not had a Star Wars experience like that as a grown up. It was timing. And, and, and you got to hear me out. This was the first Star Wars movie I got to go see. You know, preview it in advance. Sure. I was on radio. I wasn't a critic then, but the radio station I was doing traffic for, Star 102.7, uh, and Mikey Nelson, he was like, he knew how big of a Star Wars fan I was. And so when they let the local media know you can come and see this, he calls me up. He's like, hey, you, you owe me. And I'm like, really? Why? He's like, I got you in to see the new Star Wars movie like a nice. week before it comes out. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. And then I was so excited that I. I kept having dreams the night before that I went to the wrong theater or that I that I woke up late and I was late to it to the point where I really didn't sleep the night before. And then I had to do the traffic in the morning from the traffic plane. And it was just like, I don't care about this. It needs to be 10 o'clock this morning because I got to get I, this. That's when the movie starts. He said, it's like something out of a dream. It really was. <laughs> Interesting, Luke. That's why he's my favorite. But we finally go see it. I am one of the few and I don't care what grief I get who didn't feel like the sand dialogue. I mean, I didn't didn't think it was Shakespeare. Sure. But I didn't think like, no one would ever say that. I actually thought, having been a kind of an awkward kid myself, I saw exactly what he was doing there. He's with a girl that he's completely in love with, and she's as gorgeous as she has ever looked in that colorful backless gown, like... You're a dude who's essentially a monk, and now right, you've been yeah. put in close quarters with the girl you've been in love with for 10 years and haven't been around. I mean, right. 
the things that he said in the awkwardness, she's telling him about her boyfriend. Right. And then she talks about how they put this, their feet in the sand, and he's, he doesn't want to hear about the, the old boyfriend anymore. Yeah. So he drops in a thing of like, well, I don't like sand. And as soon as he said that, I thought, well, duh, he was on a sand planet. Like, right. he never saw anything as beautiful as where he is right now. Right. It made sense to me as an awkward kid that that would come out of his mouth. It didn't be like, oh, well, nobody would ever say that. Well, guess what? An awkward kid probably would when he's fumbling around a girl that is 10 levels hot and and that you can't believe you're standing there next to. Yeah. So so we can assume Attack of the Clones is your favorite. Yes. Do you think uh, Sith is the best? Then? I think it has to be. I think of so, those too. three movies, it's, it, there's well, not really uh, a question. Might, it might surprise you. I do not. Uh, give Attack of the Clones the grief that other people give it because I liked it too a lot. And when Yoda whips I out really the lightsaber, did. I almost oh, cried. I almost cried because There's it was so, so awesome. much critique now. Oh, the lightsaber fight wasn't even that good. Come on, when you saw Yoda open up his robe, drop the staff, his his cane. You've never seen him like this now. ever. <laughs> It goes after Dooku. Look, I liked it, and I was just uh, watching some clips the other day because the kids and I will do that occasionally. There is some action. The theater Look, went bonkers. Notwithstanding the, all the green screen, okay? And I get it. It was You hear Ewan McGregor talk about it. You hear Anthony Daniels talk about it. It was very tough because they're not acting with anything. It's all well, green, He mentioned all blue. that for, in a recent article right. quote. He'd never stood in front of... Vader, right? He never acted opposite the actual. He never Vader. acted with the stormtroopers, or you know, most everything around them was CGI. I get that George Lucas actually uh, ushered in the new era of CG. He really did. First film, Attack of the Clones, first film, all shot on a digital camera, effectively. Um, so I, I would say that when I saw Attack of the Clones and, and watching it recently, there's some great direction in that. There was some purposeful direction, some great composition. George Lucas is very talented. So I loved to fight I, through the asteroid belt. Oh, what I loved about it, those I loved, sonic charges. Awesome. I don't recall an audio awesome. experience like those sonic charges. I Agreed. can't think of one where I was not expecting it or the way it goes silent and then that boom as it shoots through. Well, that was amazing in the theater. And what George Lucas committed to, and he said this in years since, that his point with Star Wars was to always explore, not go back. He did not, yes, he went yes. back to Tatooine on episode one for good reason, but he always wanted to explore new worlds. Naboo was new, right? The Gungans were a new species. Um, on Attack of the Clones, you had Geonosis, right? And you had Kamino, one of my yep. favorite sequences is the cloners you've heard you heard of the clone wars from the very first time you saw hologram leia you served my father in the clone war that was when she decided yep. to do a british accent for part of it <laughs> you served my father in the clone wars uh, it was her official capacity was, as a right? senator oh, of course of course uh but i love that uh, i love lama sue and i love uh, little boba tanway jango and tanway tanway's here i couldn't uh, tell the difference between lama sue and tanway i love when you see Django and you're like, because you were getting your Boba Fett fix, it's a great movie. I love it. I love Attack of the Clones. I do. I don't hate it. Um, but I would say, yes, that is my, uh, well, I'm, Sith might be my favorite. But I don't know. I, I might say Attack of the Clones is my favorite and Sith is the best. The best. Categorically the best. Now, if you want to talk lines, I know we talked about movie lines. Yeah. I, I think the maybe the greatest line, and I'm not talking like most iconic with I Am Your Father, right? Which is the most iconic. Or never tell me the odds or those types of things. I'm talking about the most profound line in all of Star Wars, I believe, is Qui-Gon Jinn saying to a young Anakin, your focus determines your reality. I love it. I've quoted it at church. <laughs> I've quoted it in news meetings here at KSL. Uh, Anakin, remember, your focus determines your reality. It's the most true and pure thing you could say to anybody. It's motivational. 
It's it's factual. It's inspirational. It is. It's your focus. You can determine what your reality will be based on decisions you make today. So there. I think uh, the Qui-Gon Jinn line, it, it, that's just it for me. I have it pinned on my Twitter handle because I think it, it, it applies to everything. I don't know if I could pick a line. I mean, you, you could think so. Could it be that one? <laughs> you could argue oh, that, no. that, that the reason that I can't pick a line is because the dialogue was clunky it and was not rough, great. It was rough, sure. But I, you know, I got another I'll, one for I'll tell you, you the worst you line. One, now, I, I will one. say this part for Attack of the Clones. The scene where they're in front of the fire, that is clunky dialogue, and I thought it at the time. And I'm sitting here hoping that this kiss will not become a scar or something. Yeah. That was... That was clunky. It was rough. Then. It was rough. But, I, you know, who has the best line? I just, you want a good one? I like all of them. Here's one from Yoda. Okay. And this is from Revenge of the Sith, I believe. Or is it? Is it in... It might be clones. When, when is he sitting in front of Yoda and he says, you're thinking about your mother and they're talking about that and they're sitting kind That's of in That's in that, uh, Phantom Menace. Your thoughts dwell on your mother. No, I mean, I mean when older Anakin's talking to Yoda. Oh, they only sit down in Revenge of the Sith. Well, here's what he says. Then this is you Revenge have to of the be Sith. When he to says, "Let go." Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them, do not miss them, do not. So, it's again a very kind of a lesson for life, which is celebrating life instead of dwelling on. And he also says, "What does he say? Uh, you, you must train. I don't know. They say train yourself. You must train yourself to let go of everything you." Feel to lose, but that's the whole setup to the dark side, right? Uh, fear, just anger, reminded hate, me jealousy. of my favorite line from the original trilogy, which is "Luminous beings are we, oh, not, not this, this crude, crude matter. matter." Oh, it's oh, I forgot that. I've quoted that one too at church. Yep. <laughs> Listen, it's it's good stuff. It, it transcends all religion and all uh, motivation. Well, Lumin- that's part of the reason Mark, Mark Hamill so much inside of us argues this is why Star Wars was so well received. Universal because it was religion light. But it is took all the universal truth. Sure. So from if I had to pick a line, you know, it's got to be something from uh, Sith. It's got to be Revenge of the Sith. There was there was a lot of good lines. You know, the the scene where. Anakin and the Chancellor are circling in the Chancellor's office. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. The way that camera turns. Yeah, I love it. And only from me can you learn the true right. power of the dark side. And I just visually, even I remember as watching that, there were some shots. There were three shots in Revenge of the Sith that stood out to me at the time and that just still give me the goosebumps. Yeah. One is that scene where they're circling each right. other. Anakin's still not sure. He finally knows who the Chancellor is. He's got his lightsaber out. It represents the confusion within him. It represents the last chance that he kind of had. Like, wait, this is the guy that I've trusted, and he's not. And this is why I thought the novelization was a little bit better, because it allowed for scenes that were cut, and and there were some of them were deleted scenes, where Anakin, where the Chancellor was really smart about when he'd bring Anakin in. And for arguments, he knew that the opposition senators were going to make so he could have Anakin standing there and really just getting Palpatine's side of things and and putting the other people in a bad light. And so it made his turn less seem less abrupt when it happened. It seemed right. too abrupt. That was, there the, that was my in, complaint in at the time. The Sith. I He's agree. like, I'm going to take you in. I'm going to go, Mace Windu, he's bad. You stay here. All right. right. Oh, boy. Uh, never mind. I'm going to go save him. Like, right. That was too quick. But well, in the book, it laid the foundation a little bit better. So much of the Clone Wars helps, too. Yes. So was there a line in there? It was just the, the, the line where he's telling him he's turning him. Was, I just, yeah. yeah. I'd never but, thought but of this before. The other two shots 
you, when Obi Wan is standing there with his hand on his waist. Oh yeah, in the in the shuttle that yes, he's come yeah. with, with Padme, where he's standing there before Padme even knows he's there. Right. Yeah. And then of course the scene when the mask seals, just the way that that's lit, the shot, not the full shot, just yep. the mask oh, coming on and, and sealing, and it's bright white all around it. And then yep. that those three shots, were brilliant, just amazing, brilliant. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's talk the sequel trilogy. Uh, I have to say, and I, I think most would agree, the uh, the Force Awakens. It's hard to beat the Force Awakens, just because of the. Now, is it all of the? Uh-oh. Well, is it all the experience surrounding the Force Awakens? Because leading up to it, there's a reason. Right now, it has made more money than any movie in U.S. box office history. Because you brought back Han Solo mm-hmm. and Chewbacca, and you thought and Leia. Luke, <laughs> Luke was somewhere in there at the very end. Leia. Um, now, again, reading Anthony Daniels' book right now, he said that uh, Mark and Carrie, uh, Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, were not pleased after reading the script. Leia didn't like her role. Mark Hamill obviously thought, "What happened? I'm not even in this thing." And uh, which and, he has said multiple times. True. And well, Anthony Daniels told him, "Listen, this is the largest buildup to anything in, in cinema history," which it, it was, and it was incredible. What an incredible cliffhanger! I love Ray. I love Ray. I will say this about the Force Awakens because it was not my favorite, and I don't think it's the best. Okay, well, that, that's okay. That, for, you for can my have opinion, your opinion. No, and you, know, you probably know where I'm going to go with that. If, I do, if, yes. If the Force I, Awakens isn't your... Nobody's going to say Rise of Skywalker is their favorite. So this Correct. is going to be split between two movies of a trilogy. And it is... Inc- the rift is wider than the Grand Canyon on this one. <laughs> it is um, very wide. But I will say I, I, I love Star Wars so much that all the criticism post-sequel trilogy, it's tough to view it in the same way. And so I try and go back to those initial... When you saw that first teaser trailer... I just got chills thinking about it. I was standing in a department store with my kids like amid the clothing racks. We're talking for Force Awakens? For Force Awakens. And you saw, here comes Finn. <gasps> Finn yeah. shows up. You're like, what? Where is he? He's, in, he's on a, a desert. And then you saw another clip. And then you saw, all of a sudden, the ignition of the lightsaber, this hilted lightsaber. What is that thing? And then Which you saw the Falcon. they never ended up doing anything with, except no, for the one time when it poked well, into Finn's shoulder. Well, that was great. Shoulder. It was great. Oh, it was great. Loved it. Um... So I would say The Force Awakens, just because it was a reignition, if you will, lightsaber pun intended, of uh, Star Wars, of modern special effects, of a potential and a storyline potential. It, it planted so many seeds that you were thinking, wow, I cannot wait till we harvest all of this goodness. And I, I don't believe they fully did. And I can tell you why as we get through it. But. Finn was interesting, and you yep. saw a quick little hologram look, and you thought, how did Captain Phasma, uh, you know, torture him? And you thought, ooh, and I read some of the books leading up to it, and there was so much they could have done with that. Ray, who is Ray? Oh, my goodness. She's so dynamic. Daisy Ridley on the screen, so dynamic. Who is she? I wonder what she's all about. For all the gripe that I give J.J. Abrams, because I really, I mean, I, I don't hate any of the three movies. I don't hate sure. any of them. There's not any of them that I'd say, oh, I hate this. I'll right, never yeah. watch it again. I haven't watched some of them again, but partly because I'm a critic and i got to sure. watch a lot of things. Agreed. But um, there's nothing that I hate. Like, I'm, I just, I know that there's some that do, and I and I respect that. If you hate it, that's fine. Right, that's, yeah. We're all entitled to that. You just think it could have been done but so, I wanna, so differently. But I want to lay that down before I say criticism. My biggest criticism of J.J. Abrams is that he started stories that he had no idea how to finish. Agreed. Well, but his but, biggest strength yeah. was the casting choices he made because they were perfect. 
and I loved Poe from the moment he was on screen. Oscar I Isaac's fantastic. Finn, and then the chemistry that Poe and Finn had. There's a reason people were shipping them, even though I thought that personally that was ridiculous. But yeah. they had an honest, they had good bro chemistry. And Daisy Ridley was likable. Yeah. She was likable from the so moment likeable. you saw her. Oh, beautiful and, and funny Adam and Adam Driver, talented. as weird as he looked, Can I the say, first movie, I was like, oh, please put your see, mask ne- back on. But see, I never thought that. So many people said, oh, Kylo Ren was scary until I saw dumb Adam Driver's face. Look, no, I, I think Adam think Driver. I scary. I just. It didn't look like I imagined. <laughs> I think Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, I still love Kylo Ren. I do. I think it's a great arc. I think it's interesting. I think he's such a fantastic, talented actor yes. that every time he's on screen, I'm that. interested. I, I had my issues with people like Hux. I didn't love Hux ever. Um, I, I, I didn't love other certain characters or moments where I thought, eh, eh whatever. It's fine. But, but the experience of seeing The Force Awakens was incredible Yes, there was conflict surrounding why did you have to kill Han Solo? I get it, but it was brilliant. I thought Harrison Ford's performance was fantastic. I liked where it was going. And I will tell you, and you'll you'll hold me to this, I, The Last Jedi, for however much I wish certain things were different, I, when I saw it, I came out and said, well, that was a masterpiece. I said that. I said, that was a masterpiece. And I, But I said to my buddy, oh, man, I'm so conflicted right now. Why? He said, I said, Luke's dead. I mean, I really did feel when that happened. I'm going, oh, man. Now, what did I really want out of it? What every Star Wars fan wanted? Luke going crazy, pulling Star Destroyers from the sky. Luke lightsaber out and light face saber. off the First Order all well, by himself. It's just no, like, no, no, but no, that, you were just waiting point. forever. Even when Ray started we fighting want with him. That. I wanted that. Luke's Everybody my favorite character. It. That being said, uh, visually, now, no matter what you think about The Last Jedi, even people who hate The Last Jedi, oh, the casino scene at Cantabite and this and that, and DJ who does DJ, you know. Okay, again, I don't like that stuff either. I think Phasma's a wasted character. They could have done so much with her. I think Finn's backstory is non-existent, and we really could have done some interesting things. But I visually, if they really, we're going to make him Lando's son, and then realize well, we can't have the only two black people in yeah, this whole well, I, I galaxy. I don't think they should have done that either. You could have really just gone into some interesting depth. But I would say for that, and for for Rise of Skywalker, visually speaking, there are some incredibly visual, awesome Star Wars moments where you got to go. Oh, yeah. Come on, it's 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 still enjoyable and worth watching as a Star Wars fan. Pick it apart. I, I and I, I'm I'm with you. If people say they hate it and it should have never happened. I respect that. That's fine. But as Star Wars fans, you should be able to critique and criticize things without it turning into nastiness because it's Star Wars, man. Come on. It's Star Wars. What about Solo? Throwing that in there. Solo. Enjoyable. I I really enjoy it. It's my wife's favorite Star Wars movie. I know people who can't stand it. Fine. Woody Harrelson. I love him. I think he's fantastic. Uh, Dryden Voss, played by Paul Bettany. I think it's a great character. I, I forgot that was Paul I Bettany. I really That's enjoy right. that. I enjoy that they go to Kessel. I enjoy all of it. Um, now, let's talk about Rogue One. We haven't mentioned Rogue One. If you want to talk well, we about... We haven't done what okay. the... My, okay, then I'll give you my picks. Here trilogy? are my picks. Force Awakens, I think, is the best... Um, and it's and it's probably my favorite too, because I think uh, the 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 end cap that was Rise of Skywalker, I mean I cried like a baby because I think it was just the culmination of what was what was happening right, and you see Luke and Leia at the end, it's Force Ghosts, and you go okay, okay. again argue all you want about oh she says yeah, I'm no. Ray Skywalker yada 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 whatever they they tried to cap it as best they could. You said that JJ didn't know where it was going. He wasn't supposed to. That's that I blame I, know, I, know. I blame the Lucasfilm brass for that. They didn't bring in a director and keep it consistent all the way through. They wanted to mix it up, which they shouldn't have done with the well, saga. Actually, they should I have think done they with made a the worse anthology. decision by bringing Abrams back as far as trying to figure out how to resolve the story because 
we got a chance to at least get a look at one of Colin Trevorrow's scripts. And sure. I liked yeah. the, I, I liked what I liked he wanted to do. Too, yes. Like Duel whether of the, the whether the, the, the dialogue would have worked sure. or however, you know, obviously it was too long and they were gonna have to figure out how to shorten the story. But the idea of a lot what of they were trying to do, ideas. going back to Coruscant, making one more visit there, you yeah. know, having different people do different things. I like having liked. Ray actually maybe go to the dark side a little bit and actually right. have some stakes. And I liked what I mean it would have been I think it would have been really cool if Ray and uh, Finn traded places at some point. Sure. To where, you know, Finn's like, you know, you're right. And she's like, no, I was wrong. And then they switch because that'd be the first time that that had happened. Yeah. We'd have people turn to the dark and turn back to light. We'd never had somebody who was light and trying to get people to go back from the dark, like switch places. I think that could have been that could have sure. been a really cool dyad sort of the moment. dyad of the force or whatever they call but, it. But laying all that aside, for me, I thought that both the best for me, the best and the most enjoyable were The Last Jedi. There's the I record scratch find, moment I know, in the Star Wars I fandom. I, and what? I have reasons. I have reasons. <laughs> if you've listened to our podcast yes. where I've given a lot of them. But I was I, I can only go by how I reacted in the theater. Because that's really right, what it yes. is. Like as I'm soaking it in for the first time, when I haven't watched it a hundred times to break it down and find all the flaws and, and finding been find the stormtrooper hitting yes. his head on the door because sure, it wasn't sure, high sure. enough. Yeah. Until someone points it out to you, you never see it. Right. I was having a great time. I really was. From the moment that the first line is Luke Skywalker has vanished, I got the goosebumps. Sure. This is awesome. I also didn't think I wasn't going to be the final frame of the movie when I saw him. But when Ray calls the lightsaber to her and the music goes up, that brought tears to my eyes. But I, Han Solo was the record scratch moment for me. I mean, I get, I understand all the story-wise. I understand it all. You're talking about it in all. The Force Awakens. In The Force Awakens, yeah. yeah. The, Han Solo's fate in The Force Awakens. Sure. I understood that it was probably about to happen, but I kept thinking maybe it won't, maybe it won't, maybe it won't. Yeah. And then I thought, well, you know, because if that had happened to Luke, I could have accepted it because I know he's going to turn into a force ghost. That's why his death didn't get me as much other than yeah. I, I want him to be there. there. Because you know he's still going to be there because he's the force sensitive one. But <laughs> Han Solo, when Han Solo dies, he don't come back. Well, Luke, Luke well, he kind of did in, in Kylo's memory. In Kylo's Look, brain, Luke, but... Luke even says to uh, Leia in The Last Jedi at the end of the bunker, he goes, nobody's ever really gone, dot, dot, dot. Except Han, of course, he is gone. Um, All the yeah. way. In fact, they made sure not only was he stabbed, he fell off the catwalk, and then they blew right, up the planet yeah. just in case you thought well, he only fell too far. Look, but okay, but that was like, a record scratch. Yeah. And then from that point on in the movie, it was I was deflated the whole rest of the movie. So the big resolution, you know, the the destroying of the Star Killer base, sure. And I, you're just bummed after I, that. I didn't. I and I, I walked out like I don't know what to feel about this. And everybody here at the station, because I got to see it early, Right, I walked, I, I was shuffling like a homeless guy across the street, like staring at my feet and mumbling what to myself. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I, and I didn't know what yeah. to feel. And then I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say whether I liked it or disliked right. yeah. it because people really didn't want to be spoiled. And I understood that. And when I did my review on TV, I said, I liked it. I gave it three and a half. Because I liked it all except for one part. That's yeah. what I said. I said I liked it all except for one little thing, and I can't. I'll talk about it after you've seen it. I think many share your view, but I didn't know. Like I, I did, was JJ screwing with me. Was he saying you're lame for putting this much emotional investment into fictional characters? I'm going to kill them to show you how lame you are. I I wasn't sure when I left the movie if that's what he was saying to me. He said, I, I remember reading articles leading up to, there's a big Vanity Fair spread, like 10 sure, pages. Yeah. And he's like, I'm I'm really nervous. I don't know how people are going to like it. And I remember thinking, 
we're going to love this thing. What are you talking about? And then especially because of the way he, he did like fan service, maybe on multiple watches, maybe right. to a too big of a degree. But then on the things that we wanted fan service for, I mean, the introduction of the Millennium Falcon, goosebumps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. that piece of garbage. Ah, the Millennium yeah, it was Falcon. great. He introduced everybody great, but then what he did with them after that was just, Now, huh? why do you not hold Ryan Johnson to the same standard when that's the biggest hang-up for a lot of people with The Last Jedi is tossed aside Luke. Now, he said it makes sense for where he is in his headspace, got it, but there's never any redemption for real. It's just let me project myself with this new force power, cool force power, and that's that, and then well, it's over. But, you know, you don't get they, much they hope teased, from Luke Skywalker. They teased why that killed Luke. I mean, Kylo says earlier in the movie, you can't kill you. It would kill you. For sure. But the the point is that he did it to him and that was, you didn't have to, now I'm not saying you didn't have to die at the end, but you could have maybe three quarters of the way when you have your big turn, you could have had more hope from Luke. You could have had more of a, an actual, now I, I, I really do, I like, and I liked it at the time when he shows up to Leia and you don't know that he's not really there, even though you're wondering what's with his hair and his beard. It's true. <laughs> like he stopped by with Just for Men before he, he ended up on Crate. Back? Why or, or didn't he or use the, his green one? The salt from Crate makes his hair darker. What's going on here? And then you get it at the end and then he disappears and you go, ah, oh, and, and I felt it emotionally. But yeah, that, so I guess I, I just wonder why, why not dislike The Last Jedi for the same reasons, so even I, if he's going to be around no, as a force I'll say, I'll say that was the biggest struggle I had walking out of The Last Jedi was, was Luke wasn't what I wanted him to be. Sure. And I thought there were moments where it's like, okay, he fights and fights. No, no, no. Yes. Like, that's kind of what I figured it was going to get to. And then it didn't. And then, and then he was gone. And I was like, I'm okay with him being gone. Although I did wonder if the clunk metal arm should have clunked to the ground. <laughs> that would have been funny. But, uh, I, you know, I got all of that. And, and I, I also understood the real world implications of it. And here's, here's the counter argument. If Luke doesn't die in the way he dies, sacrificing himself, you know, using the force, straining, knowing that the thing he's doing is likely to be his end. If he doesn't die that way, how does he die? We've yeah. killed Han Solo. We've skewered him by his own son. Nothing's going to top that for brutality. Uh, Leia gets the peaceful death of just laying down knowing her son's okay. Or I can't remember now. Does she die before or after he kind of redeems himself? Right. It's it's as he redeems himself, right, isn't it? Maybe I, it's, I maybe it's at he, the same he, time. I think he talks to Han Solo. He th- and, and you know, that would have been, if, if Carrie Fisher had been alive, there would have been more sure. interactions. Well, they, she would have been had a his tough time redemption. in Rise of Skywalker. They tried to put her there CGI. I mean, it didn't really work, and... Uh, but I, I feel for them in that, yes. boy, they had, they and had I don't a problem blame them to try for that. and wrap there it up. Yeah. Obstacles yeah. that were nearly insurmountable, yes. and they did the best they could. But if, if Luke doesn't die there, let's say he does show up and he shoots down some of the uh, First Order things sure. and, and he helps save the people on crate. Well, what do they do with him after that? I'd leave him alive and put him in Rise of Skywalker. I don't know. But what does he do? He can't be a background character. True. That's true. And so this is the juggle. This is why I have come to the conclusion after two years since the end of the of Rise of Skywalker, I almost would rather they had not used the legacy, the, the big three at all, rather than having to figure out how to kill them on screen. Well, I always wanted them. Yeah. I, I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm going to jump into Star Trek here. We kind of didn't need to know when James T. Kirk died. It was almost better that we didn't know. Right. And yeah. he says, I've always known I'll die alone. Right. Yeah. Um, I kind of, now that I've had it and, and I can say, 
I, I kind of wish that they hadn't used them at all in a certain way. I almost wish that they, they, they all, because all the new characters were great. But it would have been impossible, right? I mean, it would have been impossible. Hey, we've got new Star Wars coming out, but we're not using the... I I know. And we we, we wanted another adventure, but we didn't also know that we were going to be able to de-age Mark Hamill and put him in The Mandalorian. So, you know, maybe they're... But but they, it doesn't you matter what they could Carrie, have done. It doesn't Carrie matter Fisher what they was could in have a done. bit of a rough spot physically, mentally, yes. that kind of thing. We didn't know how bad it was. Um, Anthony Daniels talking about having dinner with them and how she was she would struggle on set with her lines and things. And so I I mean she did a great performance in the Last Jedi. Actually, it's it's much better performance, and she she preferred that obviously to what she had in the Force Awakens. Yes. And she felt more comfortable as General. She Leia. also helped with the script. I mean, that's right. something they've talked about. Ryan Johnson I think and JJ very well. Um, I think people wanted to see more of a. Mark Hamill, even an old sage Jedi, find a little bit of hope earlier in the movie, maybe, because we didn't really get to see much of him being Luke Skywalker. She kind of knocks him down in the rain, and then she, off she goes, and then he, he he zaps himself across the galaxy. So I, I totally get it, though, and I, I, I don't hate, I, again, I don't hate any Star Wars. I don't. Here's why I think Last Jedi is best, and, and I, I'm okay with whoever disagrees with me, but I liked that Ryan Johnson tried, he tried to open up the force to everybody. So it's not just the bloodlines of the midi-chlorians of the Palpatines and the Skywalkers and the Kenobis. <laughs> right, right, right. But he made it, yeah. at least for a moment, this poor little kid force wasn't related to anybody. And, yeah. He used the yeah. force to grab the broom. Sure. There was hope in the galaxy and then the force... That the seeds of the force were planted across the galaxy. Yes. Right, and yeah. I thought it was a good resolution when when Luke's trying to explain to Ray. He's like, what do you sense? Death. And what else? And renewal and the cycle all over again. Yeah. And that he's essentially saying the force will do what the force will do. The force will. And then Snoke says, ah, the darkness rises and the light to meet it. Right. The force is going to always try to balance itself. Right. And and so Luke's like the arrogance that we can control it is where the Jedi fell. And he's so he's, you know, maybe that's not enough of a reason, and, and that's okay. If that's not enough of okay. a reason for Luke to go into hiding and all of those things. But he, he'd blown it with his, do- with his sister's kid. I can relate in some ways to when you've, you're a parent. Yes. The, all the pressure's on you to get it right. It's not on your parents. It's not on your, your kids to raise each other. The pressure's on you and your wife if, you, for sure. if you're in a relationship. But it's, it's, it's on the two of you to get it right. And if you feel like you're blowing it, it's not like, you know, I'm teaching a class and six of the kids get it, but five of the kids don't. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know what's going on in their lives. Maybe they could have, or maybe I could have tried better, but oh, well, it's your kids and all the pressure's on you. And when it goes wrong, you feel so much worse than the kid in your class who doesn't, doesn't take. Right. And so- that it would be devastating to him and to think like, I thought I could do this and all I did was make it worse. Right. Yeah. It would be. I mean, who doesn't who hasn't thought it's a wonderful life. The whole supposition of George Bailey's it would have been better if I was never born. Right. And he got to see that it wouldn't have. But he thought that until the moment he'd finished that, he thought that that it would have been better. And that's that, that Luke could find that moment. Why not? George Bailey saved his brother's life. George Bailey did all these great things and yet still came to a moment where he thought he was 
better off not being there than in this bad spot True. that he's in right now. I would just offer so, that— is Ryan Johnson Frank Capra? Obviously. <laughs> I'm just See, I would argue, and I think the, the argument for many is that the balance of the force was never light and darkness in an e- e- equilibrium yin and yang. I think that the balance of the force is eradication of evil because the force is balanced— and then evil comes in, Sith doctrine comes in and throws things out of whack. The balance of the force from the original trilogy anyway was defeating evil so that the force and the light side might permeate the galaxy unobstructed, unencumbered. That's what I would argue. And so the whole idea that light and darkness, evil rising to meet the light, then that's balance. Well, you know, death and light. Not, I, I don't think that was the original definition of balancing the force because if the chosen one was meant to, uh, you know, bring balance, it was to destroy the evil that hadn't existed for eons, but right? You could argue he brought balance because, well, they're well, changing the Jedi it. Knights there for was two Jedis and two right? Sith when they were done, supposedly, yes. but now we're seeing that there was lots and lots all over the place. Well, my final question for you as I'm <laughs> here, I'm peppering these questions in here. It was just Rogue One. Is Rogue One, and this is, I don't know how you feel about Rogue One. I think most people love Rogue One, but I, I love it. I think it's a tough question to say, is Rogue One like the best Star Wars movie that exists? And sometimes in some, some people, conversations, I, I go, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, objectively, when you look at it and I go, obviously it can't exist without the other Star Wars movies. And so every other one, aside from A New Hope, build upon the, the 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 legend and the mythology. But Man Rogue One, I think, is just so fantastic. And I watched it again recently. It's so enjoyable because it, it takes itself seriously enough to satisfy fans who want a, a, an honest take of, this is a war. This mm-hmm. is a rebellion. They're hi- hiding for their life. And you talk about the expansion of the Force, too. Chimwit uh, and, and uh, what's his name? Baze Malbus and uh, Chirrut Imway. Chirrut Imway. I, I combined his two names. Chirrut Imway and, and Baze Malbus. I love because he's not a force user necessarily, but he is force sensitive in the sense that it means something to him. He's like a monk. He's like a a guardian of the wills, that kind of thing uh, to, to really do a deep cut. But when they died at the end, I know maybe people think it's a throwaway because everyone was going to die anyway. It hurt me more when it's they died. It's not a died. throwaway because it's a sacrifice. It's, it's, it's not a throwaway. It's pure self-sacrifice. And when Bay's you know, you, no, who didn't he, cry when K2SO got shot up? I He's a bald. freaking droid. No, no. K2SO, that's, that's what shows me that, that Rogue One perhaps is the best. And I, I, as I say that, I'm never going to rank it above any original trilogy or whatever. But my gosh, when he says, climb, climb, and he goes, you know, that's it. And he's, he dies and saves him. That's self-sacrifice too. A droid who has no emotion seemingly. And yet, for his master... Uh, you know, yeah. uh, um, well, and Alan Tudyk did a great job. Alan Tudyk is a, that's that's why I love these droids, and I think K two is fantastic. I really liked BB eight originally. I still do, but I mean, the only one to compete with C three PO for me and NR two is is K two is just so great. What a great addition! So my point is, Gareth Edwards and Tony Gilroy and the guys who put that whole thing together just really could grasp what it was to 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 harness Star Wars. To, to give enough nods is, to fans, but for, at the same time, tell a great story. Their advantage is they got to play in a sandbox for we sure. wanted to see. For sure. We wanted. But think I mean, about think it. of the first times we saw the dudes running around in like a Han Solo looking Hoth coat oh, yeah. and watching stormtroopers walking oh, yeah. in places we hadn't seen them walk before. Well, it was, it was like 
This is why movies might still have a place as opposed to just streaming to bring it back to the beginning. And that's because they shot on those black beaches of Iceland uh, yeah. and that farm uh, with uh, Jin Urso and, and her father Galen and uh, Lyra. Oh, and my gosh, my favorite Imperial ever, probably uh, Krennic, where he says, oh, Lyra, troublesome as ever back from the day. I mean, he's just so evil and so calculating. And yet you kind of relate so matter to him. Of fact. Well, you relate to him because when they put him up against Tarkin and you're like, boy, Tarkin's so cool and, and thieving and takes, you know, it's just you love the uh, pitting one against the other. It it's was very much space more Nazi. well done than the the Ren and Hux relationship. Oh, no doubt. It was no way, doubt way about better it. done. Although I, I did kind of like Hux. I, 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 I thought he was Hux the, could have been so much better. He was the opinion. lighter, like he was just the straight egomaniac. I'm, he's a spoiled rich kid because that's yeah, what he was. For sure. But... How many spoiled rich kids, or at least caricatures of spoiled rich kids, believe that they're infallible and all their decisions are the best ones? And how dare you question what I want to do? Um, He was kind of one-dimensional. I think if you would have made him more like— Yeah, making um, him like the the mole— that didn't work. In now, Rise who's of the guy in? Uh, God, I can't think of his name. In Rebels, who's got the big mutton chops, and he turns out to be the guy who turns oh, on. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, geez, I know who my you're talking kids about. are yelling at the thing right now. Dad, it's so. Ent- oh man! But anyway, I know who you're talking that about that guy. <laughs> that was another I just good one. There are so many great Imperials. The Imperial, and here I am pulling in the Mandalorian. Uh, Imperials in the Mandalorian, the one who, when he has to take his helmet off, and he and Bill Burr are sitting at the table with that uh, with that officer who has the southern accent. Where you you never thought that having an Imperial who doesn't sound like this would be scary. Oh, my gosh, the tension you can cut with a knife. <laughs> yeah. So my point is, I think... You, that it, would be called the deliverance tension. Oh, boy, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I think if Star Wars uh, just continues to put as much effort into the writing of even these side characters that gives them life and breath and, and a backstory, even with a few lines and a few looks and glances, my goodness, you can you can tell stories that everyone will buy into and, and just enjoy for what they are. So Rogue One, to me, is just the quintessential perfect Star Wars movie. Um, again, aside from the saga, it, it lives in that world. The scene at the end, which was added at the end with Vader slaughtering everyone, was Perfection, because you we had never seen a fully powerful dark side filled Vader, you know, and when he stabs it through the door and then the door opens with the lightsaber blade, it's just fantastic. So anyway, since you've brought it to that, sure, the one drawback of that scene is it really puts in, I believe the word is bass relief, bass relief how clunky the lightsaber fight was between Obi-Wan and Vader. It is. And I'm hoping... All you have to do is watch the... I'm uh, hoping. Yeah, that extra there's scene. There's a great scene edit, 39 uh, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, it's, it's called. it's fantastic. Um, but oh, I wonder just, just think if, of what we're going to see this month. I, I was going to say, I wonder if see, there's Andy. going to be well, next some month, explanation of when they fight each other, like some kind of force cancellation. <laughs> sure. I wonder if. Could be. We, we've talked about I, that too, where they just were so well matched and they could, yeah. But imagine the fight we're going to get. I mean, Kathy Kennedy called it the duel, what, the, the, the rematch of the century. I mean, we are going to see. Well, that's not hyping it up at all, is it? Listen, though, the great part is uh, Ewan and, and Hayden Christensen were so um, well-trained in the other one, and and, and the, the the prequels at the time, people said so much. I flipping, remember the so first much... time I saw Revenge of the Sith trailer, 
their lightsaber fight was, they showed a clip on 60 Minutes, yeah. and it was like they were in a vortex. Yes. It was so impressive. Well, and there's there's so much movement and so much flipping and so much this and that. I, I hope with this one, with the angles and the pace, I hope we do get some of that kind of original George Lucas idea, the broadsword, right? The whole full-on, like Luke swings his green saber yeah. in Return of the Jedi, like Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back. Instead oh, of a, like is, a duel. Yeah, like, 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 a, like a fencing, you know, yes. like fencing. Well, think about what they did with um, the Luke Skywalker Epi, character in The Mandalorian at the end of the, the, the season when he takes Grogu, when he starts cutting those uh, those um, droids, what, what are they called, the dark troopers, you know, going through them like butter. All those moves are vintage Luke Skywalker style, and yet it adds everything you'd want to see. He, he's doing it two-handed, one-handed. There's some spins. There's some flips. It, it kind of combines it all in a beautiful, modern, We get one look at Luke at the way. height of his powers. I don't know if we'll sure. ever see something like that I don't again. think we will. I, and, and it was so and okay glorious. Yeah. Until they redo it. Look, in the future, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my endorsement here to a full-on Adventures of Luke Skywalker recast, whatever it is, and, and bring it to Disney+. Plus. I think people would be willing to go back and recast some of these things eventually. We saw with Solo, everyone said, oh, Alden Ehrenreich, he's not Harrison Ford. I get that. I, I thought he did as, as well as he could. But but what I, I'm looking forward to in Obi-Wan Kenobi is kind of a more modern take with excellent direction. If you look in this trailer, folks, just watch it. The direction looks excellent. Who's directing it? Um, you know? I think it's Deborah Chow, oh, who okay. did, uh, yeah, who did episodes right. of The Mandalorian. Boy, it's fantastic. So I, I'm so excited for it. I can't wait. Um, all the animation. They said uh, Hayden Christensen told, I think, Variety recently that he binge-watched all of the animation, Clone Wars, Rebels, yes. to see Anakin. Because Matt Lanter did such a great job voicing Anakin, and they, had, they fleshed out all the Clone Wars-era Anakin that he never really got to do. He kind of had to just think right. about it because it was ending the Clone Wars, Order 66 and all that. Um, that I think he watched it to go, okay, this is who I am. This is this guy, and and took some cues. Uh, um, Ewan McGregor said he went back and watched the whole saga, and he hadn't watched the prequel since he made them and since they watched the premiere. So to get back into the character, they are doing what we've done for 20 years, which is Watch enjoy <laughs> this great saga play out and go, wait a second, who am I and what's he doing and what's his motivation? I just I can't wait for the incredible performances that we're going to get. Um, and just to know that they're so invested in it, too. And I'm so glad Hayden's back. I'm so glad because he kind of got panned a little bit, too, after the prequels. Oh, why is he acting like this? Well, go yep. watch Luke Skywalker in the original trilogy. He's matching it perfectly. I think he did it on purpose. He's acting. We know George Lucas doesn't give much direction to actors. He's not an actor's director. Here's his director. But Do that again, but faster. Fast, more intense. Faster, more intense. <laughs> I never understood that because I was like, "Why don't you just do it to where it sounds the best?" And it's uh, like he just—he's got to meet a two-hour thing, man. That's his George Lucas. It was always his money, right? And it was always a. That wasn't the money that I think and, it was just that well, you just realized. Get going, get going. That's right, but I need you to do it faster yeah. so we can fit more stuff in the get movie going. because yep. the longer you take in a yeah. scene, the the more runtime. I, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see it play out. And yes, I'd like to see it on the big screen. <laughs> so <laughs> sometime, Dan Spindle is hoping that by the time we're done with Obi Wan Kenobi, we feel like this. Not like this. <laughs> or I, f- I hope I feel like, <laughs> That's another Look, good Look, help one. me Obi-Wan Kenobi streaming series premiering on May 27th. 
You're my only hope. You're my only hope. Awesome. Can't wait. Well, Dan Spindle, thank you so much, KSL TV, for joining us. He's on uh, the web, KSLTV.com. If you don't live in the Salt Lake market, you can watch him every single morning, Monday through Friday on KSL 5 TV. I join him on Fridays for a What to Watch segment. Yes. And Dan. At Dan Spindle KSL. At Dan Spindle yes. KSL as well. Follow him on Twitter at Dan Spindle KSL. He's also got a Facebook page, Dan Spindle KSL. And Instagram. No TikTok You're not yet. on the no, gram. You no don't TikTok. seem like a gram kind of guy, but maybe you are. And hey, we're going to send a picture that Dan uh, drew in the newsroom on a whiteboard. It is amazing, and uh, you'll get a chance to look at it. Dan, our resident Star Wars expert that's second only to myself yes. and my ego. Uh, Thanks, Andy. my show, I can say that. But uh, hey, thank you for joining us for this episode of Fan Effect. We invite you to uh, listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Join us on Twitter, Facebook. If you have an idea for uh, a, sh- a topic that you'd like us to cover, if it's Star Wars, we probably will. <laughs> if it's the others, we'll do our best. But this is one of the great things about Fan Effect is celebrating Utah's unique fan culture. We are, I believe, the Star Wars fan capital of the United States, it's according science. to a recent study by was it the Shane Company. They actually did the Shane Company. They actually did a study. <laughs> Join us again next time on the next episode of Fan Effect, brought to you by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.